You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, thanks for coming back as I finish up my conversation with Michael Kilgore and Hannah Ellis as I ask them the last five questions all about bucket list, mentors, and best advice received. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, and this is The Final Five. I'm in the Bronx, in the city, doing the damn thing. I'm I'm sick of the Bronx. I'm done. Tired. (laughs) Ready to not be here anymore. I was working on a new Aaron's and Flaherty musical at uh, the Oslo Rep in Sarasota when all of this went down. And so, you know, they just, we were three weeks into rehearsal here and they just pulled us. So they let a lot of the actors stay in Florida for this quarantine time. So I'm in Sarasota, y'all. So number one, if you could have any other job outside the arts, what would it be? Educator. Of, of what, what type of educating would you want to do? Um, I don't, I, I feel like it would, it would probably be arts education because I was going to be a choir teacher. That's what I went to college for. So it would be something like that. But, it, but I think educator period would be what I'd want to be. I actually studied geology in college along with theater. I always joke too, if you want to scare your parents into supporting your acting career, just threaten them with a geology degree because <laughs> like all of a sudden acting feels like a really good fallback to geology. Um, actually, I was listening to a podcast with Ed Helms speaking and I didn't realize he also studied geology. So there are more rock nerds out there than I thought. Um, but I'd probably, I mean, I just have a huge love for our um, public lands. I'd love to, I mean, all our national parks. I'm just I'm obsessed with all of that. Even working at the Natural History Museum. I mean, that that was a huge, um, yeah, that was a huge pull for me. It was like, well, maybe acting or, but what if I could be riding a horse in a national park somewhere? That would be really great. So I actually wow. did. Right? <laughs> yeah, I did study geology. So probably that actually, just staring at some rocks. <laughs> All right. uh, Number two, what's a bucket list role or show that you hope to do one day, Michael? I've always wanted to be Charity Hope Valentine in Sweet Charity. All right. I like Like, that. I think anything's possible. Absolutely. That would bring a a different experience to that role for sure. Yes. Yes. I like that. Hannah, what about you? You know, because we work on so many new musicals and new plays, it's just like the role that I want you guys to see is the one that I've been developing. And I mean that in a general sense. There are so many shows that never make it. Um, And I Mm -hmm. just, there are just a few shows and roles that 
I've been in development with that I'm just, that is like the big dream. Like Michael said, is like that couture piece that fits you like a glove. Like that's the role I want to be playing. I want to be showing you what I can do with something original. Um, so that's like the ultimate, you know, dream and goal is to always see those original works come to fruition. But yeah. if I had to say a revival, I mean, I just love to get my hands on some Sondheim. It's hard. It's hard these days. Got to have some big mm -hmm. film TV credits. Get your hands on some on some Sondheim these days. I got to play the witch last summer, mm -hmm. and it was a high of my life. Which is which is why I'm like, I can say I want to be Charity Hope Valentine. I got to be the witch. I got I got to be Bernadette Peters, honey. <laughs> so, yeah. That's right. So if I can be Bernadette, I can be whatever I want to be. Absolutely. Now, Michael, you'd spoken to this already, but who is it that, that you look up to, a mentor, someone that inspires you? Well, my true mentor is my Aunt Mel. My Aunt Mel, who I call my famous Aunt Mel, everybody who like knows me, like really knows me, knows her. She is everything. She is the best person on the planet. She's awesome. Um, and that is who I look up to. I want to be like her. Hmm. And what is it specifically that, that drives you? What spark does she have? She is, um, she's so extremely loving. She's one of the most just people I know. Um, she cares for everyone, even people who treat her bad. She's caring for them. She's a shrewd businesswoman. She was really successful. Um, she worked for McDonald's Corporation for years and then, then retired. And also she is... Um, somebody who's just honorable in mm. every aspect of her life. She's really honorable and I can't find fault with um, her intentions ever. So Hannah. My mentor growing up, especially for theater was Marin Maisie and still is. Um, she went to the same school, the same college I did. So when I was feeling like off the beaten path or unique, or maybe like I wasn't, at the same place as my peers were when we were in educational development. Um, I really just looked to Marin uh, and so many times to get me through that. And then once I got to the city, created a relationship with her, we actually got to develop a um, carousel, a version of carousel that was being developed at the time and work together and just have a lot of special memories of her in my life. And when she was diagnosed, my mom was also diagnosed with uterine cancer at the same time. Oh. Mm. And so she just marked my life in so many ways in my development. So she continues to be a mentor. I'm working with Jason Danieli right now on a new musical. We're leading a new um, Aaron's and Flaherty piece. So she just continues to mark my life and is a huge influence on, on who I am today. I love that. Yeah, I did a tribute to her whenever she passed and her her career not only as a performer but just her her light and the person that she was is was really something inspiring to watch and to just listen to her speak and the the joy that she brought to performing. She's an incredible person. Now to number four, uh, name a lesson or trait that took you a while to learn or one that you're still working on to this day. Michael? That um, the hardest thing on earth to do is less. Mm -hmm. That is like my big lesson where it's just like the more mature and the more um, distilled you can make a thing, the better. You know, like we don't need all the extra fluff. If we can hone it in, I think it makes it sweeter. 
Was that something that you found yourself doing, always giving extra or doing more than you needed? I, I find it to be like, it's just the most immature thing to do because it's like you don't have any trust in your, if I do this much, it's enough. You feel like, okay, if I, at least if I overfill it, if I, if I, if some spills out, that's fine. I just want to make sure that the cup is full. Mm. And then sort of like actually an appropriate pour is just six ounces. Like we don't need to, we don't need to overfill the wine glass. Okay. Like let's just give an appropriate pour and trust that the wine is good. Mm, I like that. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what it is. Hannah? It's sort of riffing off what Michael said. I am still working on how to say no. <laughs> and, you know, there's that quote, it's like, decide what you want and say no to everything else. It's hard because as a performer, as an artist, when you get an opportunity, it feels like, yes, yes, of course, yes, and, yes, and. And at this point in my career where I'm at, it's been much more valuable to learn how to just pass to say no and wait wait for the thing that actually you really want don't get stuck doing the you know don't get stuck working on something that you don't really love you know if you can help it and that comes with the whole idea of success and if you have the opportunity to say no if i can tighten my belt a little bit and say no to something and wait on the thing i actually want and trust and believe that to happen that always works out best for me. So living in that tension of saying no, but hopeful anticipation of the thing you really want. All right, here we are at number five. What's the best advice you've received? Be on time. <laughs> be on time, be on time, be on time, be on time. Um, people don't understand how big that is because be on time says a lot. It's like a lot of things wrapped up in one thing. You know, it means that I care about your time. You can trust my word. Um, I am, I, I mean what I say. Like it's a lot of things in one thing, just being on time. Mm. What, what's, what's a time that you were late that, that really drove that point home to you? You know, I don't allow myself to be late because I'm black. <laughs> so like the expectation is that I'm going to be late. It's just like early in my career, it was like, I had a friend who said, be likable, be on time, do good work. I threw be likable out the window because you don't have to like me and I don't have to be likable to you because I feel like that really means be small and like and make sure that everyone's happy. Everybody doesn't have to be happy with me. That's that's fine. I'm a grown ass man. Like you don't have to be happy all the time with me. But I do think that um that being on time and doing good work is completely uh, un you you have to do that period. All right, Hannah. I had a myth busted for me, which was so life-changing. And that is that you do not have to be tortured to be an artist. You do not have to be poor to be a good artist. You do not have to be in a bad relationship to be a good artist. You do not have to live in addiction to be a good artist. It was like this lie that I had been, been believing. And I think a lot of us believe that we have to somehow be in pain to have to like make great art, right? Like I can't expect to have a great career and healthy relationships. That just doesn't, I'm an artist. Why would I ever have all of those things? And that was just a lie that I was believing um, that I didn't have to live some tortured lifestyle to create really excellent work. Like you can be sane and be an artist. That blew my mind. 
So mm -hmm. we like get worried that if we're healthy, if our bodies are healthy, if our minds are healthy, if our spirits are healthy, our hearts are healthy, that somehow I'll lose my edge. I won't have anything to bring to the table. I don't trust my creativity. And yeah. that's just not true. So Michael, you had said that, you know, finding fulfillment, this, this job, this acting, this career, this is where we find our joy, our passion, it fulfills us and how that's a lot of pressure to put on our career, right. our performing. And I think that that harkens to what you're saying that just because this art is what we're looking to doesn't mean everything else has to suffer. We can have all these other things in our life happening and going well and being healthy. Right. Yeah. Work doesn't come visit your grave. It sure doesn't. Honey, it doesn't know how to love you back. <laughs> this, this career, everybody listening, this career cannot love you back. It doesn't have the capacity to do it. It's not being mean that it doesn't love you back. It just doesn't have the ability to love you. You better be a good investor of your heart and soul. Invest it into what can give things back. Like people know how to love you back. Some people choose not to, they suck, but people can love you back. This career cannot love you back. Girl, do not end up the old woman who lives in a shoe if that's not what you want. You know what I mean? So I think that, that you know, that's like a, a huge major key in like this business because you're meant to pour your whole life into this thing. And I just feel like that is very um, dangerous because this business more and more every day is becoming a business where people hop off a bus one day to take your place. And, and they're not looking to you to go, oh, well, let's honor all the years of life that you've given to this business. They don't care. And it's, and like, understand that and don't fault it for that. Like just find a, find a way to within yourself, put value where value should go. Um, you yeah, know what I mean? I don't, I don't treat H&M clothes the same way I treat my beautiful, you know, um, Gucci or Prada. Or, I don't treat it the same way because I understand the investment is just different. My H&M outfit is supposed to get me through today. And it, once I put it in the washing machine, it'll never be what it was before. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Oh, I love that. Coming up next week, I'll be talking with Douglas Sills from Scarlet Pimpernel, Little Shop of Horrors, and the Adams Family National Tour that we worked on together. He's the last episode in my month-long look at previous Broadway seasons. I must admit, with the Broadway community closed and Tony Awards postponed, it's been nice to talk with these friends and colleagues about their own Broadway experiences. And I hope you've enjoyed the conversations as well. One way you can show your support for this podcast is by donating. No amount is too small, and any contribution is greatly appreciated. Another and even more important way of supporting this podcast is by sharing it with people who you think could benefit and learn from these episodes. Again, with everything that's going on in the world today and in the theater and entertainment community, I thank you for joining me each and every week as I talk with fellow artists about their own journey. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, and I'll see you next time on Why I'll Never Make It. Well, I love your
your podcast. I love hearing your voice thank and you. seeing your face. Yes, thank you so much. I'm I'm so glad we finally got to do this. And and I, you know, and I'm glad that Knoxville already has like a slot, you know, that they, they've already, you know, said we're doing it. It's just gonna be a year from now. Uh, we got lucky good. that we had, were only three weeks into it, you know, shows that had just opened or were opening that weekend, you know, kind of screwed, spent yeah. all your money, you know, and it's like now you have to like re-raise money and all that. And so luckily we had only, we were two full run-throughs in, like we were three weeks into rehearsal. It's like we had never, we hadn't gone down the slope, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No one had yeah. let us like go yet. So like we hadn't spent all our money. We had, you know, so they could just move us. I feel so bad for those shows that oh, were in previews or had just opened or, oh no, you know, like those six girls who were supposed to be having an opening night, like right. having the rug pulled out from underneath you like that. Ugh, heartbreaking. Well, thanks for sticking around for this little Easter egg at the end of the episode. Like several Broadway shows, Six never got to open. They were scheduled to open the day Broadway closed down due to coronavirus. But in an interview with Playbill, one of the stars of the show, Samantha Pauly, says, We will return. We will come back ready to go. We miss each other terribly and can't wait to get back on stage and party with the rest of the queendom. I think she speaks for us all ready and waiting for theater to come back. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.